welcome to Switchbacks, a travel podcast where we reflect on our year visiting all 59 U.S. national parks. Whether you're planning to visit your first park or you bleed gray and green, we're here to share our insights on exploring, understanding, and loving America's best idea. Thanks for tuning in. Today we're sharing the answer to our most frequently asked question. We'll also chat about the best national parks to visit during fall and answer a reader question about a park do-over. Cole, you want to tell everyone what we just did tonight? We... One of my favorite things the whole year. Yep. Elizabeth (laughs) loves picking out pumpkins. So that's what we went to do at our Kirkwood Farmer's Market. Took a little walk over there. We actually had to put our fall clothes on, our jackets. Oh, I got to wear boots for the first time. It was amazing. Yeah, she told me to take a picture of her with her pumpkin, and I made the cardinal sin of not including the boots in the picture. Okay, guys do this all the time, though. Full body. It's a full body shot, always. No matter what. Yeah, still learning, I guess. Yeah, but but we- I forgive him. We <laughs> picked out the cutest ugly pumpkin. I always get an ugly pumpkin. Um, I don't like the perfectly circular orange ones, so I always get the really lumpy, discolored ones. But it's beautiful. I'll share a picture of it maybe later. And then I took my pumpkin that I picked out up to the register, and it was stinking 10, 11 bucks. I could not justify the happiness I would receive from that pumpkin for the next two weeks. Uh, Lame. For 11 bucks. So I switched them out with a little little baby 79 cent pumpkin. <laughs> At least it was white. I like the white pumpkins. And I'm just as happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to start today with a fun segment called Park in the News. Parks in the News. Um what we're going to do, I'm going to talk about an article that I read recently about the national parks, and I'm actually going to turn it into sort of a quiz for Cole, and he has not seen this article, so it's going to be fun. So lifehacker.com, uh, Lifehacker wrote an article about the top four national parks to visit during fall. Okay, so they wrote about four national parks to visit during fall, and I'm going to give Cole five chances, not very many, <laughs> to see if he can get the top four that Lifehacker named bring it on do it go ahead number one great smoky mountains Er. that wasn't even in the top four no i was kind of surprised too actually okay we we liked that one for fall it is pretty crowded though acadia yes ding 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 oh cuyahoga valley yeah okay shenandoah yep Oh, man, I'm down to the last <laughs> guess. You're never going to get it. It's really random. Uh, we didn't visit it during fall. Uh, Sequoia. Nope. Oh, good try, though. Uh, the fit, The fourth one they named was Crater Lake. I thought that was an interesting one. Super random. Yeah, but also pro- I'm sure it's amazing during fall. There's a bunch of pretty parks. It. We So what we visited, like he said, we visited... Um, Mostly Cuyahoga Valley, Acadia, Shenandoah, Great Smoky Mountains. Congaree was kind of at the end of fall. Um, we also got to see, I think we got to see some really good colors in Black Canyon of the Gunnison. Great Basin. And Great Basin. Yeah. The Aspens were turning in Great Basin and it was gorgeous. Um, yeah, national parks are 
a wonderful, just a wonderful um, way to experience the fall colors. And especially I think we saw that in Acadia, which we're going to talk about later in this podcast, actually. Um, So what do you say, Cole? Are you ready to start? Yeah, let's do it. All right, everybody, welcome to our brand new podcast. Um, we just recorded episode zero, which is just a short introduction episode to hear about what our podcast will be all about. Um, basically, just to sum it up, every five episodes, we're going to introduce a new topic. We'll feature five to six parks throughout three different episodes talking about that topic. Uh, one, we'll share also share an interview with fellow park lovers, and we'll kick everything off with a fun top ten list like this one. So the single most frequent question we get asked all the time is about our favorite national park. We always give a disclaimer, like I've been asked this question in interviews, I've been asked it like anytime we're talking to friends or family, everybody wants to know our our favorite park, but I always have to give a disclaimer like, they, all the parks are magical in their own ways, but heck yes, we have an, our favorites. Um, so keep in mind, our experiences in each of these parks was heavily influenced by the weather, by seasonal closures, crowds, so on. So this, again, is just our experiences. Every park could be different, uh, a different experience when other people go, but... Um, you know, we do, we do. Oh, we totally have a top 10. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're going to share today. I think it's going to be a really fun way to kick off our whole, you know, podcast adventure of, of what this is going to be like. So we're just going to share these in alphabetical order to not, you know, we're not ranking them in any sort of way. Um, it was not easy to come up with a top 10, but a few definitely did stand out. So just to remind you guys, we visited all 59 national parks last year during the centennial year. Um, There are 400, of course, we always have to explain this, but there are 400 national park sites, units in the system. 59 of those are designated national parks. Um, And so those are the ones we visited last year. So ready for our top 10, drum roll. (laughs) Thanks, Cole. Um, I'll start because the first one is one that I just fell in love with instantly, and that's Acadia. Ding, ding, ding. Acadia. Um, Acadia National Park is located in Maine. Um, We loved it because it had so much, I felt like it had a good mix of features. So it had, it was these, you know, mountains and rocks and lakes, but then also leading right up to the ocean. So it was really, really interesting. It's the highest point on, along the eastern seaboard, I believe, is Cadillac Mountain. Um... Yeah, until you actually get all the way down to Brazil. It's the highest point on the eastern seaboard until Brazil. Yeah, and it actually had a lot of interesting superlatives. Um, It was the first, it was the oldest national park east of the Mississippi River. Um, Jordan Pond inside the park was, is one of the clearest bodies of water. So it said on the sign. Really? They said, they said in recent years, um, it's been, become less clear um, but at one point it was designated the clearest lake in 
somewhere. I, don't <laughs> <laughs> I know they don't let people swim in it because it's yeah. the drinking water for somewhere. I just remember reading that somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And it's really cool because this is a great story about how national parks uh, are owned by the public and aren't just for the rich and famous because at first Acadia was a playground for the richest and the most famous in America. Mm-hmm. It was owned by the Rockefellers and they went up there, you know, during the summers and the falls. They had all their carriage roads that they took these, you know, nice fancy carriage rides down and they brought all their friends, but really they eventually just decided it needs to be something that's experienced by all Americans and enjoyed by all Americans. So they turned it over pretty much to the yeah, National Park Service. I think it's the only national park with that was fully donated. Fully, okay. fully donated land. Um, that was another one of the interesting things about it that we, that we learned. It's also, of course, a lot of people go for the experience of Cadillac Mountain, which is the first... For, for um, about nine months of the year, it's the first um, sunlight that hits the whole United States because it's up in the east and it's the highest point and and so you get you get to see the sun for the very first time. And that was honestly one of the most um, magical experiences I think of the whole trip for me at least. Yeah, but we were freezing. Oh, it was freezing. <laughs> I just you had to kind of get past that part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then okay, last thing on Acadia, it had just quintessential Maine New England vibes. I hadn't really been to New England before, and it was just everything you imagine with the lobster rolls, with the you know harbor shops. Uh, everybody is wearing their LL Bean boots, <laughs> and yeah, if- we actually wrote about we wrote a blog post a little bit ago about our favorite gateway cities, and Bar Harbor, Maine, which is right outside of Acadia, was one of our top for sure. Um, if you ever go, there's a place called Real Pizza, R-E-E-L, and it's um, a movie theater and, a, and a, a pizza place where you can get food and bring it into the theater, and it was like a $5 movie, right? It was really cheap. Yeah. It was amazing. Watch The Martian. Yeah, so quickly we're going to talk about some park highlights, and we're going to move on because we got to get to nine more parks. Right. <laughs> so our favorite things to do at, in, in Acadia, it was the, the Precipice Trail, which was not for the faint of heart, but it was amazing. Um, beautiful, beautiful views right up up against the rocks and the ocean. Um, our little stroll, if you, you know, a little bit more of an accessible adventure, was a stroll around Jordan Pond. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, the sunrise at Cadillac Mountain. Definitely go try to get there before. I mean, we won't get there before the crowds, I guess. They're all going for the same thing. But if you go early, you can get a spot to set up, bring really warm clothes. Um, and then, of course, so like we said, the town of Bar Harbor. Yeah. So, obviously, we could talk about this forever, <laughs> but we're going to move on. Number two, Big Bend National Park in Texas. It's in that part of Texas where uh, the bottom of the panhandle where it makes the Big Bend. And it is the definition of remote. You are just driving for hours across central texas and then west texas and then you're going all the way down to southwest texas right along the border where the rio grande makes the border and yeah i think you i really felt like when we were going there i really felt like it's a park where 
you have to want to go to Big Ben to get there. You can't, you know, you're not driving to the Grand Canyon and you stop by Petrified Forest on the way because it's it's right there and you just swing through. It's not one of those parks. It's definitely a, a, a park that it's, it's a trip on its own. But everybody should want to go for oh, sure. Oh, for sure. There are three distinct parks, parts of the park. There's the desert, there's the Rio Grande River, and there's the Chisos Mountains. And we explored all three. We did a little backpacking overnight in the Chisos Mountains, and that was amazing to get views cold. from up high. It was really I cold. I was terrified of bears, For too. the spring. That was like the first time we had the danger of bears, wasn't it? I mean, quote-unquote danger of tiny little Mexican black bears. Yeah, we ran on into one all along the trail, which was kind of surprising. They were out of hibernation, but yeah, another we we had our so this is getting into the park highlights. We traveled along the South Rim Trail, and it's just a basically drop off. You're you're way up high in the mountains, and then you come to this sheer cliff and you look out over this huge expanse of desert into Mexico so that's awesome uh, then visiting Boquillas the town in Mexico of Boquillas is a little small place that you can actually go to the river and go through customs and everything and cross into Mexico <laughs> um, on a little rowboat yeah it's like two rows and you're over <laughs> yeah <laughs> basically it's but, a tiny little part of the Rio Grande and this little town is wholly subsistent on the trickle of tourism from Americans coming over on the park. But it was so just authentic Mexican, and we had a guide that we were able to speak Spanish with and take us around the town and show it off. And that was just a really cool flavor, unique thing. Very different, mm -hmm. you know, for, for being in a national park. Just a very unique experience, I think. Yeah. Then what was your favorite part? Um, back, uh, oh, the kayaking, the kayaking, <laughs> duh, okay, do you want me to say it for you? <laughs> I'll talk about it, uh, I didn't know what you wanted me to say there, um, I was sick during this park, that's why I, I loved it, but it is also, like, brings up some bad memories, um, I had fever, a uh, fever, it was right after we got back from American Samoa, and I think just the temperature, it was really cold at night in the, especially in the Chisos Mountain area, anyway, um, kayaking we were able to kayak on the Rio Grande River and that was my favorite experience the river was so slow and gentle that you actually could just kayak up for a little bit and then we floated back and it's it's beautiful just the the cliffs on both sides of you rising up crazy far away from the river um is a gorgeous section of the Santa really Elena pretty. Canyon mm -hmm. yeah yeah all right you ready for number three? Bring it. Bring it. Okay. Um, this is in Utah, and it's actually, there are five national parks in Utah. One of them was by far our favorite. Not by far, but it was our favorite if for a lot of different reasons, and that was Capitol Reef. Yeah, it was our favorite a lot, uh, mostly because it was the least crowded, and it's the least popular of the Mighty Five, but we felt it brings together all all the elements of the other four parks. It has natural arches, it has canyons, 
great view, great views uh, of all the red rock scenery in Utah, and even a little section that's like the Narrows in Zion, which was awesome. You want to know why it was my favorite? <laughs> I know why it was your favorite. Because we picked up our little friend, our little mouse hitchhiker. Oh, in yeah. In Capital Reef for the first time. Well, we had many mice in our car over the last year. If you're a National Park traveler or a long-term van traveler or someone who lives out of their car, you might understand. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you might think we're disgusting. But we had about probably three or four mice that that hitchhiked with us for a little bit and our first one we picked up in lovely capital reef yeah but (laughs) the real favorite parts were probably the ranger programs we love the we actually love the ranger programs that was just something that added a lot to our experience um i wouldn't say it was like go there for the ranger programs but definitely think about adding a few onto your your trip um as far as highlights go our favorite hike was called Sulphur Creek, and it's more of a route, so you might not be able to find it easily listed on their website or anything, um, but it's basically like the, the Narrows in Zion, if you know of that. Um, you, you're walking through the creek, so maybe bring trekking poles or something, um, and you're actually like down climbing along these waterfalls a little bit. It's not it's not too treacherous or anything. Super cool. Really, really cool, and, and like the Narrows, it's this tiny little passageway that goes through these these big uh canyons you're never nothing's ever on top you know you're not like in a canyon but um beautiful 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 area we also love the trail called navajo knobs and that was a really cool up really high up trail steep hard um but it took us to an amazing view all right let's see oh and then uh, can't forget Picking apples oh, yeah, in the fruit sure. orchards, the only fruit orchards maintained by the NPS, vestiges of the old Mormon settlement of Fruta. Um, you can just go in and sample all these apples straight from the tree. They also have uh, pears, I believe, at different times. They have like walnuts or um, yeah. cherries, I think. And Maybe then they. Different seasons. They make these fruits into pies fresh baked pies every day and oh my you god can't you miss have to out you on have those. to get the pie we literally like ran across the park because well we had already bought our pie for the day but we ran to try to get the ice cream they like sell little homemade ice cream in cups and you can you know get that to put on top and we had just done this long navajo knobs trail and we were trying so hard to get back to get the ice cream and we made it so number four <laughs> on the list, the top 10 national parks, is Dry Tortugas. It's an island off the coast of Key West. So you drive all the way down Highway 1, park your car on, in Key West, get on a ferry that takes about two and a half hours driving straight west, or boating straight west, and all of a sudden this little speck of land pops out on the horizon <laughs> and it's an extremely it, it's a couple the park is a couple of islands kind of grouped together called the dry tortugas and on one of them is this massive brick fort left over from mm-hmm. the civil war right uh no i think it was the i don't know oh, i'm gonna shoot. embarrass myself we should here. know this <laughs> 
Anyway, it's called we'll Fort it Jefferson. Yeah, it's called Fort Jefferson, and it's so cool to go and tour the fort. It takes up basically all of one island, and you can also camp there, which is uh, was our favorite part because you come over on the ferry. There are a, a bunch of people, you know, maybe 60, 100 people on the ferry. They're touring the the fort and then hanging out on the beach swimming but then they have to leave if they only have the day pass but which 90 percent of them leave you know yeah. there are only a handful of people who camp um definitely definitely that was our biggest highlight of that park was staying overnight yeah we stayed two nights actually mm-hmm. and that was um, just about right the right amount of time because it was just so relaxing to get there and explore all the park but also be able to just relax on the beach yeah those that ended up being um a the way that i liked experiencing the parks i found out after visiting all 59 of them personally i know cole's not cole's very different on this but i like parks that you know have an element of kind of not not touristy in an annoying way but like sort of relaxing more more um soft adventure I guess you could say um but then also an element where you can get away and be you know away from people and in a more remote part of the park and I felt like this park had a good mix of those two things and that's what I like that's how I liked to experience the parks all right Cole should we move on to one. number a, five? Number five is a big one, and it is yeah. dun, dun, dun. Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon. That was definitely one of our favorites. And I think it's because we felt like we really did it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, obviously super popular, obviously really hyped up, but it lives up to it. Yeah, it was my first time in the Grand... I remember when we were first talking about this idea to visit all the national parks, and the Grand Canyon was one of the biggest things that I wanted to see. I had never seen the Grand Canyon. We actually tried a couple of years ago to visit, to to go on a hike and, and everything, and our car broke down, and that's just a, that was a whole other story, a whole other trip disaster. Yeah, that's a whole post on our blog. <laughs> but that was, to- that was way be- a couple of years before the trip. But we got there... Um, it was incredible, and for my first time ever seeing it, it's just like, obviously, it's the same cliche that everyone else says, but pictures honestly don't do it justice. So, park highlights, we were there for about six days, so had lots of time to do different stuff. Uh, we loved biking just along the rim, on the south rim. We biked to Hermit's Rest and saw everything from that angle, but the biggest thing we did in the park was go rim to rim so south rim to north rim and then back to the south rim so rim to rim to rim yeah along the main corridor trail which is all in the national park it's very well maintained it's it is almost a kind of a cushy sort of situation for us because there are bathrooms along the way there's water spigots along the way there's also a creek running along the way you'll never i mean I, I don't know if I'll... You, you definitely bring enough water if you're going, but we didn't have to carry tons and tons of water because we knew that there would be these reliable sources along the way. Yeah, and once you get down there, it is so peaceful and you have the park seemingly to yourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
the my favorite waterfall of all time is down in the bottom of the canyon it's called ribbon falls it's right next to cottonwood campground one of the two campgrounds that we stayed at down in the the canyon yeah it's kind of this oasis in the Mm -hmm. middle of the 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 dry canyon you've got just this like luscious green mossy waterfall and it's it's so beautiful so yeah we gotta keep moving right along here okay number six let's go with our our next five number six national park great basin yeah love definitely had never heard of this park before this trip it's in again middle of nowhere eastern nevada but it is such a good contrast to what we had previously just came from in zion the crowds there were crazy and then we get to great basin and it's actually we visited during the most crowded weekend of the year because it was their annual astronomy festival but still it was like we were all alone um there was a ton of stuff to do too we went to layman cave and did the tour there which has it's just dripping with cave formations i still think it's the most a packed cave as far as formations that we saw we summited wheeler peak the second highest peak in nevada it's a 13er so that was a nice eight mile round trip hike and had beautiful views from the top that was also where we saw some of the aspens turning gold because it oh, was so ar- beautiful yeah it was around september yeah um the other the other cool thing that is unique about this park is that they have bristlecone trees which are the oldest living trees they're they're three to five thousand years old some of them um crazy old (laughs) Um, and there is a short trail that takes you through this bristlecone uh, forest that is we would highly recommend and then of course the night sky there is one of is the best should we say it's the best we saw it was we, pretty dang good. We got it on a really good night, I think. But we mm-hmm. saw the Milky Way so clearly. And because we were at the Astronomy Festival, they were able to... The rangers told us all about the constellations. And there are a bunch of amateur astronomers out there with their telescopes. And they had a star party. So we all just went from telescope to telescope to see what the people were looking at and it was a really cool thing for somebody who knows nothing about astronomy to just check it out oh yeah it was it was really cool all right number seven is maybe i it's 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 really high up there if i was gonna actually rank these for me personally uh it's in alaska and it's called kenai fjords um for me it was like I was saying earlier, it's this perfect mix of kind of soft adventure plus hard adventure. <laughs> a what big, does that mean? bigger adventure. Um, I don't know. But basically we had we only had two days here and I think we really, really like filled it up and made the most of it. Basically the first day was a, a boat tour to um, something called the Northwestern Fjord, where if you're gonna go to Kenai Fjords, definitely do a day on the water. And a day on the land is what we would recommend. Um, there, we just saw so many, so much amazing wildlife, yeah. so many whales, so many orcas, puffins, 
<laughs> you loved the puffins. Cool, I missed the puffins. And then can we, we go to the zoo so I can see yeah, the puffins? Sure. We also saw the <laughs> um, glaciers calving. You know, when we got mm-hmm. to Northwestern Glacier, we saw it breaking up and falling into the uh, water, and then the icebergs in the water uh, were had uh, the harbor, harbor seals harbor on seals. them. Yeah. Oh, it was just like quintessential Alaska in this park. And then part de- part two, the day on the land was also amazing. We hiked up to the Harding Ice Field, which was near Exit Glacier. Yeah, right? and yeah. Th- it was just so cool to get all the way up to the top and think of an ice field as a lake of ice. Think, think of, a, th- how about a field of ice? No, <laughs> it's a lake of ice. No, it's a Encompassed by the bowl, uh, like the, uh, encompassed by mountains and then the glaciers are streams coming off the ice field slash lake. and <laughs> It's a field, guys. Yeah, but it's just so cool to look and see an ice field lake forever <laughs> as far as your eyes can see. Yeah, it's, the, it's where all the glaciers start. So it's really cool to see just this massive sheet. Um, all right. Yeah, so Kenai Fjords, beautiful. I will always remember that park. It was as just an awesome incredible. experience. So number eight, maybe one of maybe my all-time favorite. It's tough to say. I, I actually say this one if I'm really pressed for time and have to choose one <laughs> park. This is what I say. It's Olympic National Park in Washington. It's one of the most diverse parks in the NPS because it has mountains huge snow-capped ranges of mountains then it has rainforest and it's you know one of the only sections in north america that has temperate rainforests so lush and then it has an incredible section of coast that's actually separate from the inland mountains and rainforest part but that is just a really skinny section of coast that has sea stacks and so sea stacks are these crazy rock formations just rising out of the ocean and uh, ah, it's just so hard to describe yeah but some of the best backpacking we did on our trip was when we went along the coast and camped right along the coast saw the sun uh, set over the ocean in the morning we saw you know it was low tide and we walked out through the tide pools and it was just the the coolest like green blue contrast I don't know it was really pretty what I liked about it was that it's I think it's like I think last year it was the number seventh most visited it's really far up there as far as Mm -hmm. most popular parks but it never seemed crowded um and we went in the spring you know a lot of the a lot of the mountain areas were still close were still snowed in but because it's so spread out and because there are so many different areas to visit within the park, I think that that helps it not seem crowded. It doesn't have like a Grand Canyon Village or a Yosemite Valley Disney World type of feel anywhere to it. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that was something I really liked about it. And we talked about gateway cities earlier, gateway cities to the park. We loved Port Angeles, one of our favorite gateway cities for sure. Um, just a small little town. A perfect size. Not too big, not too small. Big yeah. enough to have a Starbucks <laughs> to do some work, but small enough to 
you know, not have a, you know, too much stuff going on. Yeah, craft brews, you know, little gear shops, everything you want. Yeah. Okay. Ready for number nine? Yes. This one's also in Alaska. Wrangell St. Elias National Park in Alaska. In this would be in the southeast part of Alaska. And we, it, the parks we liked the most were the ones that we went in and had zero expectations for. <laughs> and this was one of them for sure because it was so undersold in Alaska. You don't really hear about it. You hear about Denali. You hear about Katmai with the huge population of brown bears, but. Wrangell St. Elias is actually the biggest national park by acreage in the system. It's like 12 million acres. It's double, what is it, double the size of Yellowstone? I think it's six times the size of Yellowstone. Oh, just kidding. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> yeah. And there's something for everyone because it has awesome history with the Kennecott Mine. The mm-hmm. ta- It's actually the tallest building in, wooden. W- yes, tallest <laughs> wooden building it's taller than in the North Sears America. Tower. It's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then it also has really cool hiking, um, short hikes. It has long hikes. We did a crazy steep hike up to Bonanza Mine. Oh, one of my all time favorite day hikes. We will get to our favorite day hikes, but that's, that's a, right. Here's a little hint for you that's one of mine. It's Bonanza Mine. And then we got to walk on a freaking glacier. That was so cool. A freaking glacier. Yeah. Um, And you don't realize when you get onto a glacier how much water is just pouring through it and cutting Mm -hmm. through it in streams with waterfalls in the glacier. Um, Really. We got to drink glacier water. Yeah. Just straight from the glacier. It's, It's very pure, very clean. So that that was just amazing. Um, we also got to stay in one of our favorite camping spots of all time, and it was free, which helps. Um, but we basically can just you can walk about a mile and a half from the town of Kennecott out to a place called Jumbo Creek, and they have some they have a couple of bear boxes where you can stash things um, and camp anywhere you we can find a spot. And we had one of the best views. We were all alone. It was amazing. Okay, so number we 10. are at number 10, our last of our top 10 national parks. Oh, I, I kind of almost hate to end with this one and give it a give it a bigger head than it already has. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't not put it on because it totally lived up to the hype. Um, it's Yosemite, <laughs> one of those that everybody talks about. And everybody says it's their favorite. You just have to go, though, because it um, is mind-blowing. You come in through, you know, you're driving up. You come through the tunnel that's the, on the entrance road, and then all of a sudden you get out of the tunnel. It opens up, and you see the whole Yosemite Valley with El Capitan and the couple waterfalls. Bridal, is it Bridal Veil Falls? Bridal Veil Falls mm-hmm. and Yosemite Fall in the distance, and then... Half Dome, beyond that, the Merced River just... It's one of those iconic views yeah. that is just breathtaking. Can't beat it. I know, we kind of we kind of came in like s- sort of smug at this point in our trip, like, oh, it's Yosemite, it's so overrated, it's Yosemite. Oh, um, no, it totally lived up. Um, the downside was that there are a bajillion people. It is <laughs> the Disney World of the NPS. For sure. But, you know, you take the good with the bad. 
approximately um, one bajillion. Yeah, and we went in spring too. So there, it wasn't peak season by any means, but also in spring, the waterfalls were gushing, just pouring off, you know, the upper um, mountain areas. Mm-hmm into the valley and we also had mostly good weather mm-hmm. even um downsides though of course were that the, a lot of the roads were still closed the um tioga road was still closed and up to glacier point which is a popular drive to drive up to that was closed yeah but there we was... made up for that by going to yosemite point which yes. is just keep climbing if you're going well, you up to, to upper there, yosemite fall yeah <laughs> you can drive to glacier point well yeah that's true <laughs> but uh, yosemite Point gave you an awesome panorama of the whole valley. Yeah, that was one of our kind of secrets, too. Um, a lot of people hike up to upper Yosemite Fall. Um, part of Yosemite Falls, there's an upper and there's lower. Um, but if you hike about, what, a half a mile beyond mm-hmm. that, there's something called Yosemite Point. And that was probably by far the best view we saw from Yosemite. And then the other re- thing that we really recommend off the beaten path is Hetch Hetchy backpacking we did an overnight in Hetch Hetchy and it was it's this super pretty looking blue lake and then you find out it's super man-made <laughs> it's dammed. but it's pretty yeah, yeah it's a dammed lake but it used to be <laughs> it's a reservoir a really yeah Can't say that word yeah it used to be a super natural pretty you know valley just like Yosemite Valley um but still gorgeous in its own right and much less crowded so that's part of the reason we liked it too the other thing of course free showers <laughs> yeah one of the only parks that had uh availability for free showers for campers that so I might love that. be elizabeth's only criteria yeah uh, maybe okay so should we review those top 10 favorite national parks put it on the record acadia big bend capitol reef dry tortugas grand canyon great basin Kenai Fjords, Olympic, Wrangell St. Elias, and Yosemite. All right. So now we're going to do a section of our uh, segment of our blog where we answer questions from readers. So if you have any questions for us at all about any part of our trip, you can actually go to our blog, switchbackkids.com, and find a uh, find the little speak pipe tab on the scroll bar. Click that and record a question for that's us. That's really confusing. I think that's on the mobile version. Um, we are going, going to make it really clear on our podcast page. So if you go to switchbackkids.com slash podcast, you're going to be able to find a link to where you can leave a voicemail and you can so you could hear your voice on a future podcast, which would be cool. You can also leave a question um, on an email, switchbackkids at gmail.com. Well, if you knew how to explain it, you should have just Elite, said that. You took over. <laughs> um, you can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, our, on our blog. We're going to find questions from all of those places and bring them up here on the podcast to answer. So... At BuckyFanLK left us a question on Instagram, and she asked if you could go back and do one park over again, which park and why? So, and we loved this question. I yeah. thought because there were several parks that we did not feel like we fully experienced. So we have not talked about this together yet. <laughs> Cole and I haven't. 
Um, so he's going to start, and then I'm going to go with mine, and we're just going to quickly answer the question. I would say definitely Congaree National Park. Ew. <laughs> Elizabeth wasn't a fan of this one, but I think it got... Sorry, Congaree. It, it, it didn't get a fair deal because it was flooded. You know, those big South Carolina floods in 2015 happened right when we were supposed to be in the only South Carolina National Park, Congaree. And it's already a swamp area, and when it floods you really can't access any of it. So we only got to see one small little piece and we camped for a couple nights. I think we saw enough. <laughs> I would love to go back <laughs> and really walk the whole boardwalk section, even do a float down the river, do some of the hiking trails there through the, the swamp and the old growth forest because it just seems so cool and the trees are gigantic. Um, I, I want to go back. Yeah, okay. You can find someone to go with if you want. <laughs> well, what's yours then? Okay, I really felt like there was one park that even with even a lot of the parks we visited in the spring when the roads were closed, at least we got to see like some of the main stuff that the park had to offer. I felt like there was one park where we really got shorted, and that was Lassen Volcanic. So that's the park that I would go back to. And I... And, you know, it's super unpopular. Nobody really knows about it. It's in California, Northern California. Um, nobody goes to it, hardly at all. Um, but when we went, the whole entire park road was closed. So basically, we could drive up to the visitor center, hike in a little bit, get back in our car, drive around to the other visitor center, hike in a little bit, you know, take a little lap around the lake in the snow. And so we got to see a little bit, but I really felt like that was the park where we were majorly shorted. So that's the park I would go back to. So thanks again at BuckyFanLK for the question. Uh, we hope we answered it. And everybody else, please send in your questions because we'd love to answer them. Absolutely. So thanks for checking us out today. We'll be back next week talking about right and wrong ways to visit a national park. If you enjoyed the podcast, we would love for you to share us with a friend, give us a rating on iTunes, find us on Facebook and Instagram, blah, blah, blah. And you can always get more National Parks videos, posts, guides, and more on our blog at switchbackkids.com. Switchbacks out.